0: Everybody, right. you did one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. And now it's Talking Boys with the Boys.
1: Cowboys familia, what's up? This is Talking Boys with the Boys, and we're back again with some of that Cowboys Fuego. But first, a little business. Please take a minute to share and subscribe, leave us a rating, and a review wherever you find this pod. Five stars and a couple of sentences on why you love this pod would be greatly appreciated. And now, the conglomerate, the panel of homies, I'm your host, Adam Wine, along with my co-host,
2: Mark D., also known as the disgraced Mark Stradamus.
3: I'm Dylan Wilson, also known as depressed Cowboys fan, Dylan Wilson, laughing in my
0: pain.
4: I'm Andres, a.k.a. Dreezy. Hey guys,
0: don't forget about me. That's right, Dean Blandino. Yes, Dean Blandino is talking boys <laughs> with the boys.
5: let okay, yeah, so Let's, hey, go. let's hey. go. What's
0: up, Dean? <laughs> What's up?
1: <laughs> oh man, disappointed, man. I am disappointed, yeah. and I'll tell you why. I'm disappointed. It, to be disappointed is, is just an understatement. Guys, we fall to the 49ers in the first round of the playoffs. We got to be cursed, right? I mean, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Allah. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, <laughs> using witchcraft on me to get this fire off me.
5: Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Allah. Ah!
0: Help me, Tom Cruise. But how did he get down to his underwear that fast?
5: Tom Cruise used a witchcraft on me to get the fire off me.
0: Look, your help's coming. We're an American winning machine.
1: You ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase trademark, not to use the other tradition of Ricky Bobby. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all I wanted was this team to finally succeed postseason. And well, a season in where records were broke, going 12 and 5 to win a division and producing all pro and pro bowl players didn't even matter. Because at the end of the day, if you're not first, you're last. And yes, pressure is a privilege, but pressure also busts pipes. Mark, why don't you bring us in with some Cowboys news, dog?
2: What's good, Cowboys Nation? Look good, feel good, feel good, pod good. Let's gut this one out. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that one tasted like Mama June after hot yoga, didn't it? A little nasty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Given the ineptitude of the offense yesterday, Cowboys fans have a right to uh, cross over the anger bridge and never come back to the friendship shore, as Cal Notton Jr. would say. Yesterday, the Niners walked into AT&T Stadium with some Ricky Bobby Swagger and said, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I wake up in the morning, and I piss excellence. And for about three to four hours, they were kind of right. Sunday, (laughs) we lost at home in the opening round of the playoffs to the San Francisco 49ers, 23 to 17. We all woke up licking our wounds this morning, so let's hash this one out. No quicksand, no trap game, just straight disappointment. We don't take the shits here at Talking Boys with the Boys. We just discuss them. So let's discuss this shitty performance our boys put on tape. (laughs) (laughs) Earlier today, it was confirmed we have the 24th pick in next year's draft. And Stephen Jones states he is very confident Mike McCarthy will be back next year to blame some more refs. I mean, to lead this team. It also looks like D.C. Dan Quinn is a leading candidate to possibly land the Denver job. And we'll get it updated with a little bit of that info later on. Hey, the last time we had the 24th pick, we uh, picked a certain 88. One of your favorite players there, Dylan. Hey. We actually traded so up 24 to get him. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so back to you, BB. All
1: right, fellas. Well, let's recap the loss to San Francisco this weekend. Hey, we truly had a chance, fellas, with this team. So I, what I want to do is get what went wrong against San Francisco. And, Dean, since you're here rocking, we're talking boys with the boys, man.
0: Give us your thoughts on the game, brother. Yeah, you know, this was this was a tough game. I think a lot of people, you know, thought that the Cowboys were, you know, that was the upset pick, Cowboys at home, um, 49ers coming in. I want to know what's up with all the 49ers fans at AT&T. That, that was Lord. surprising to me. It almost felt like there was no home field advantage for the Cowboys. And look, Cowboys, a lot of the problems they've had all year kind of popped up in this game, penalties. And obviously that's my world. The Cowboys were the most penalized team all year, and they had 14 penalties. And look, there are times I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, every call is always justified. But of the 14, I thought 13 of them were pretty clear and obvious. One that was kind of ticky-tacky. And you can't give up that many penalties that lead to first downs or take you out mm-hmm. of prize and expect to win a game. And the Cowboys were right there at the end. They had an opportunity. And you think if they had committed less foul, they might have they might have been on the winning end.
2: Well, yeah, indeed. I think what seven of those were pre snap as well. So it's like yeah. there's no excuse for those, man. You know. Yeah, those are the ones. You know. The Mm-hmm. How often
3: do you all see defensive holding? And we saw two of those. The, the defense, I mean, you
0: think about that's not a call that's made very often. But the one late in the game, that was a killer. When you talk right. about third down, giving the 49ers the first down. And it, it just seemed like it was unnecessary. And that's the concept of you can't, as a defensive lineman, you can't hold the offensive lineman from getting up to the second level, blocking those linebackers. And it was clear that's what they did. And, and the officials caught it. They don't always catch it, but that's a huge penalty, five yards and an automatic first.
3: And before that there was the hands to the face by Neville Gallimore. Yep. We would have got off the ball. We would have got the ball back for a chance <laughs> to win. It's just unnecessary boneheaded mistakes. just all around.
5: Yep. Undisciplined, man. Yeah. Yep. Lack of discipline. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Hey Dean, uh, I had a question for you, man. Um, so me and Mark here and, and, and the rest of fellas, Dylan and Andreas, we, we always talk about how certain guys come in every 10 years. and, and, and uh, Micah Parsons is yeah. what he's doing in the NFL right now, the quickness, the speed, the the strength is he getting overlooked as far as, as uh, penalties being concerned? Like, Because we see a lot of, like, I mean, for us as fans looking, we're like, they're holding him, they're holding him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is, is, is the, like I said, the strength, the quickness, is it something that these that refs are not used to seeing and, and so they don't know what to call when, when well, they see this?
0: I, I think it's when you have a player like Micah Parsons has come in, but there are other, I think of players, Aaron Donald, I go yes. back, you know, over mm-hmm. the years, I remember Bruce Smith or Lawrence Taylor, Reggie white guys that were so dominant that they were just better than, than the offensive lineman that was across from them. And that offensive lineman had to hold or do other things to try to keep that player from getting to their quarterback. So you see those types of players, whether it's a, you know, a TJ watt that tends to get held more often, yeah. um, but look, that you know the officials don't look at oh well it's Micah Parsons or or it's Watt or whatever they're just trying to make the right call but you will see offensive players that are overmatched against an Aaron Donald hold more often and then you would just hope that the officials would see that and call that when it does happen.
2: Well and I think like we've discussed this before, um Dean. We were talking about it before in previous shows. And I you know, we brought it up in a sense of the comparison was like Shaq back in the day. And, and yeah, now, that was right? it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. In, in some in some way Shaq was really hard to ref because he was just bigger, faster, and stronger than the guy that he was posting up on. Yeah. So a lot of the times, you know, these guys are putting full leverage into their back with him. And it's a foul against anybody else, but it wasn't a foul
0: against Shaq. That, you know, that's, that's kind of great, the
2: comparison we were making. That's a great I mean. point.
0: And the guy that I would compare, and I've had conversations with Brian Dayball, who was his tight ends coach in New England. And I've had conversations with him, his Gronk. Gronk mm-hmm. was, is bigger and stronger than anyone that's covering him. And, and so we Absolutely. would have these conversations where he would get, he would get held or contacted, and it wouldn't have the same effect and the same look to the official as if it were a hundred and eighty-pound wide receiver. And that exactly. was that that kind of that shack effect where he's a tough player to officiate because he is bigger and stronger. And players contacting him, it's not gonna look as egregious. But if he makes contact with a, with an opponent, it's going to look more. And that's why he, he had a lot of years, you know, where he led the league in offensive pass interference. So it's definitely a factor.
1: Yeah, that or, and, hack-a-shack.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes, like, when you can use your hands a little bit like D-Law does, you know, and you, you do that technique a little bit more, sometimes you can make the hold yep. a little more obvious rather yep. than if you're just trying to run in there, bull rush, take everybody out and go, oh, I got help, you know. Kind of
1: what <laughs> I was doing with that, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, fellas, well, um, so let's get to this offense, man. I uh, What we saw <laughs> – what we saw – had uh, transpired yesterday was something we saw all january is this concerning to you guys heading forward but well, where, where are y'all's feelings towards kellen moore at this point
0: uh you know i think here's the thing kellen moore is you look at everybody's going to remember right at the end everybody's going to have that bad taste in their mouth and we, we're going to you know we, we can't forget about the cowboys offense was you know, they had a, a pretty good year and you think about Dak and and, and the numbers yeah. that they put up. And Kellen Moore is, is is a guy that is going to be a head coach in this league. And I know, you know, I know Jerry Jones thinks very highly of him, has you know has paid him very well as an offensive coordinator, wants him to stay on the staff, but you know, I don't know if that's gonna be, you know, feasible if you know Mike McCarthy stays and how long will Mike stay and then Kellen. Well, I think we can't, we can't just focus on the last game or, you know, because the offense was, was, was really good for the most part, you know? Yeah. I think you, you could point to some things like whether it's situational things or, you know, is, is, is a Tony Pollard, should Tony Pollard have gotten more carries certainly in the, Oh my God. Yes. 100%. And, and, you know, is, is he now, should, should he be seeing more of the carry you know, the touches Uh, compared to Zeke I think there's questions but I don't don't think you can look at this year look think about where the Cowboys were at the end of 2020 compared to where they are at the end of 2021 they're 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 much far ahead but obviously not where you know Cowboy fans want them to be we're
2: never happy Dean I I mean (laughs)
0: never happy man I I heard a joke you'll like this this I'm a dad this is a dad joke but it's like what's what's the difference between a crying baby and Cowboy fans Nothing. The, <laughs> the, the baby eventually stops. That That's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yes, sir. But yes, like, sir. I, exactly. We never shut up as Cowboys fans. <laughs> some of that. No, definitely. You know, I the biggest thing wrong. for me, though, is the discipline. The discipline issues with this Mike McCarthy team, you know, just yep. all year, we saw these penalties. And I start looking at certain things, right? Because then you hear the, the the narrative of the national media. Oh, well, this used to happen in Green Bay. And I was going, wait a minute. So... Somebody put out a a stat, I think it was Marcus Mosher, he put on 2011 to 2018, you know, Mike McCarthy-led teams were like the least penalized in the NFL. But then you go back to when he started in Green Bay from 2006 to 2010, and they were about first to second in every category of penalties. And that's what I care about right now, because he hasn't kind of got enough weight to kind of carry himself as like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And a few shows ago, we had a guy on that was kind of talking about some of this stuff, KT. And I'm sorry, what, what what it looked like yesterday is kind of the recipe of what he laid out in that show. You know, it just looks like a lack of discipline and then a lack of ownership at the end. Because Dean, look, I'm not the guy to blame refs at all. I've been an athlete. My wife's a coach. We don't do that. It doesn't even come into your mind. Even in the game, if I see an obvious call or something that I'm playing in, you just keep going. The moment you stop and focus on that is the moment your, your lack of focus is there. And I don't know, man. I I really – I look at Mike McCarthy, and I look at that lack of discipline. And going forward, that really scares me. It really does.
1: Yeah. But we all knew it was going to be a long night. I mean, Zach Martin allowed four pressures and two hurries on Sunday. That's tied for the most he's allowed since 2016, man. 2016, we were getting bullied in the trenches. I did not like it, fellas. No, not at all, The
3: the offensive line as a whole, I feel like uh, Connor Williams, he got bullied. Trash.
5: <laughs>
3: and, uh, <laughs> just more penalties and uh, Tyler Biotis he's he's still struggling and but the tackles they didn't come to play either Lyle Collins was uh-huh. getting beat up before Joe uh, uh before Bosa went out so
5: yeah, Nick, well, yep. I think I think or that's Nick Nick what's making everybody
2: yeah. so angry today man because You know, we had these problems that we had during the season, and we saw them during the game. But the thing that we all try to hang our hat on, the thing that we even said in previous shows was that run game, was the the offensive line. If there's anything we can try to depend on, it hadn't been coming around recently. I mean, we hit 50 burgers here and there. But at the same time, I think that's what made us so angry because we saw Dak running for his life. It was like five sacks Mm -hmm. and interception. I don't know how many pressures. And that was with four down linemen guys. I didn't even see mm-hmm. them bringing a lot of blitzes. They were in cover four and cover three the majority of the game. Yep. So I think that's why a lot of Cowboys fans are just really pissed off with this. Because from what I heard, too, on other shows, the Cowboys walking into the stadium looked like all of them had COVID. They were kind of lackadaisical. They had their mouth open. <laughs> you know, no, not a bunch of, you know, let's go. It looked like yes. the Niners were there like Ricky Bobby, you know, yeah. ready to kick somebody's teeth in.
4: Hey, but getting back to the question on Moore, guys. I know we've been all over the place with him the last this this season, the last few weeks, especially. We mm-hmm. love him, we hate him, we're frustrated with them. Guys, not to ruffle y'all feathers, but I've I've totally soured on Kellen Moore, man. I'm 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 soured on Kellen Moore. I'm tired of him just getting out coached, out schemed. I'm tired of him Let it all not, out right here. No, I mean I'm I'm tired of him. <laughs> I'm tired of him just, just not having the the, the nuts. To call the plays that yep. he needs to call. Fact, so yeah. you know what? It's true. He is going to be a head coach somewhere. You know what? That doesn't mean he's going to be a good head coach.
2: So right right now,
4: today, I am ready to tell Kellen Moore, bye. You can go. Well, you, you
2: heard what go. I heard on, on Dan Patrick last week, right? What Mike oh, yeah. 100%. Said, okay. So what he said was, Dan Patrick said, okay, he asked Mike Florio, finish this sentence for me. The Cowboys lose in the first round. And he said laughingly and with all certainty they accelerate the process with kellen moore and turn him into a head coach within a year or two in in the jason garrett type of protocol
5: Mm -hmm. so
4: So, the guy who gets out schemed jump off the and 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 and, and, and (laughs) i live right here i live right here by it. (laughs) it so 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 our oc who's been groomed and loved by jerry for years you know, all well, signs point, point that to. that
2: gun at the messenger. No, just... no, 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 no. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm
4: sorry. Let, I'm sorry. Let me bring it down a little bit. Let me compose myself. So the so the OC who has been out schemed and out coached, mm-hmm. even though Jerry loves him. Yeah. The answer is to you can't Come handle again. this responsibility. So you know what, man? Let's give you a bigger spot. That makes sense.
2: Well, let me tell you something else that makes sense, Zeke has a partially torn PCL
0: and we're going to yep. give him more carries than a healthy Tony Pollard 12, 12 to four. And, you know, I, I, I've always liked Tony Pollard. I think he's a guy, I said, man, if he's on my team, I'm going to try to get him as many touches as possible. And I understand that Zeke exactly is, is, is Zeke, but that's not, Zeke hasn't been hundred percent, like you said. And so why aren't, why, you know, why aren't using Pollard, you know, more, you look at, all you have to do is look at what San Francisco's doing with Debo and you go, they, they got a playmaker and they're getting the ball in his hands and he's making mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's where you have to be more creative on offense and get the, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And I agree. I mean, the, the offensive line just didn't have a great game. Um, 49ers felt like, you know, Bosa goes out, Warner gets hurt and they were just still rushing for getting <laughs> pressure And and when they had to, and then late in the game when it mattered, they did send some pressure, and
5: that
4: you know there was no chance at that point. Yeah, you know what's sad. That you know what's sad. Tony Pollard had more kickoff returns than he did rushing carries, dog. He
5: had
4: he touched the ball more returning kickoffs than out of the backfield.
3: Why did we Why did we rest him in order uh, just to give him four carries over? uh, And Zeke was playing over him with the torn PCL. They don't. It don't make sense to me.
1: It is wild, man. Look, look, guys, we had eight players that had more receptions than CeeDee Lamb in Sunday's playoff game between Dallas and San Francisco. Lamb and Tony Pollard are two of the Cowboys' most explosive offensive threats, and they combined to touch the ball eight times for a total of 52 yards. That is, that's unacceptable, dog. I don't, I mean, Kellen, I just, I'm with you guys, man. I'm with you guys. I'm, 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 I'm pretty upset right now. Oh, and
4: guys, guys. another thing from, uh, until I see otherwise. I am going to stop arguing that CD Lamb is a top 10 or 15 wide receiver.
2: Thank you. I'm tired. I, I I'm tired of it.
4: defending it. I defend Lamb over <laughs> and over and over. This boy didn't do not a damn thing yesterday to make me want to argue that he's top 10 receiver right now in the league. I
3: wrote down in my notes that uh, it just seems like Dak and CD always are – like, there's a lack of communication somewhere they're always on the wrong page Dak throws to the outside CD goes to the inside there's just on a weekly basis there's something wrong there
2: hey Dean we all know you have Jerry's personal text yeah. number so can you please text him <laughs> that we need <laughs> O-line help with that 24th pick please I
0: don't don't. Help, or maybe like a multifaceted running back you know Next time next time I'm on the bus, I will go through <laughs> I, will, I will go through the off season plan and, and and get He brought the up the bus. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what is a what is a Cowboys party bus like? What goes on a Cowboys party bus?
4: That's a yeah. good question.
3: And now you
1: yeah, at everybody's attention. It's, yeah, we lighten this up because these guys are ready to they, they're yeah, ready to bite off Kelly Moore's head. So let's go.
0: It's it's just a way from get to point from point A to point B. There's you know that's comfortable couches. You've got some you know refreshments, little oh, yeah. music. It's just a nice it's it's a nice way to travel and uh you know the chilled and, laid back vibe i like exactly, was, exactly. <laughs> there was a legend back in the day that
2: that john madden wouldn't let anybody pinch a lope off on his bus King gary kind of the
0: same way i don't know <laughs> no, i i don't I've, I've never you know the times i've been on there that's never come up so i don't know <laughs> oh, i got you i got you oh uh,
1: <laughs> man oh jesus jesus, jesus man <sighs> but yeah man well um Let's let's talk about the play the play that was it, Dean. Yeah. Uh I, I kinda wanted you to break this down, man. I know you, you broke it down on Fox uh last night, but um the last play uh and the clock management sure. there and um you know, yeah. Dak Dak runs up the middle fourteen yards. Um seconds fall off. We need the referee needs to go touch the ball before he spikes it. Can you elaborate on on, on what actually uh, transpired? Yeah, on that play? I
0: mean that's it it's you know, with 14 seconds on the clock at the snap, right, and, and now you've got the clock running at the end of the play. I think, there, I think when Dak slid, there was nine seconds on the clock. So everything, mm-hmm. the, the Cowboys, it, it can, you can do it, but everything has to be perfect. And, and so it's the umpire who's in the offensive backfield, right, behind the offensive line, and the umpire starts 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. The umpire has to rerun and then start to move forward with the play, trail the play, look for blocks or holds or anything that's happening. And then as soon as the play's over, get to the football, spot it, and get out of the way. And there were just some things. Look, Dak slides. The ball ends up in the center's hand. They put the ball down. The umpire has to at least touch it. You can't, right, because the players can't spot it. If we just let the players spot the ball. It would, it would be chaos. So yeah. the umpire is trying to get through, right? Dak is in the way the, the, the offensive line was in the way umpire is trying to get through the, the one thing I would say is that the umpire moved the ball to, to the correct spot. I would say in that instance, you know, is a yard that big a deal, just touch it, get out of the way. I don't know if that would have made a difference, but with nine seconds on the clock, when Dak slides, it would have it have everything has to be perfect and you run that risk when you call that play in that situation.
5: Yeah,
4: Dean on Dan Patrick today. Uh, he He's giving total blame to Mike McCarthy, which I don't blame him because Mike is doubling down and saying that they run that play in practice and it always works. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 it works and, and that they should have had time to run another play. Dan said, Dan Patrick said, which I totally agree. He's like, if you do really run this play, you should have everyone on the same page. Dak should know. Don't give the ball to our center. Give the ball, find the ref, find the official, let him tap the ball or whatever he has to do. If y'all really run this play, everyone should have known their part. Everyone should have known.
2: He was pissing on, De- on Dan Patrick's leg with that, man. The thing about it with that, he, he didn't – they don't practice that. He, Dak didn't even have the protocol for the play down, okay? Like right off the bat, Dak should be finding the line judge. Here you go. Here you go. He
5: should be mm-hmm. doing that
2: immediately, all right? They didn't even have the protocol for that down, just like they talked about. I think that – that's another example. Like when I saw that, that just reiterated to me. Like mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy – like and then he shared he he kind of passed he he passed the buck off to some of the ref to the ref right there too with the sliding yeah. of the ball. Now what Dean just said right there, but at the same time I don't need my head coach explaining that or saying that. I want to say I want you want to hear him say I want to hear him say you know what that was my fault, my bad.
0: Yep. Well, yeah, that's 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 kind of the the thing with just the accountability because everybody right they want the referees to be held accountable and it's usually and I've dealt with this for a long time, and you understand going in, that's just part of the deal, that the, the referees are a, a convenient scapegoat in certain situations. And look, sometimes yeah. the officials screw it up, right? The officials, you know, blow a play and it happens. But I think this is a situation where, you know, it's just unfortunate, even some of the things that were said after the game. And I know, Dak, it's an emotional thing after the game. But when you talk about throwing stuff at officials and saying that's... Right. A oh, joke, yeah. Like, like kind of, you know, condoning that, and I and I don't know, Dak. I've never met him. I, from what I've read and you know, seeing things on on Hard Knocks, I feel like he's the type of person that, you know, as he has time to reflect on that, he might. I hope he would come out and say, "Hey, look, it's never okay to throw anything at anybody." Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, it's just that's part of you know one of the disappointing things about the whole aftermath. You know, that kind of thing. And I yeah. think, you know what, Dean, given that statement, I think if, that, if Dak really
2: looked at it later, he'd probably walk that statement back because that let me down, man. Really he 100% is.
4: is. He, he, you know, he will.
2: You know, and then it says, I mean, what did he say, credit to them then? And he kind of yeah. you know, reiterated Laugh. it. Yeah,
4: and, yeah, credit to yeah, them. Man,
2: I need more out of my quarterback than that. But you Absolutely. know what? That's just in another example. I'm sorry. My wife is a head coach, and everything falls on the head coach at the end of the day to me. That's just a microcosm and an example of, of the scapegoating that Mike McCarthy examples and, and well, kind of feeds into them. You know? Absolutely,
1: dude. But but the thing is, <laughs> and what fans do, don't don't get either, and I, I'm like, come on, um, you know, with the players talking out their, the side of their mouth. the the Cowboys penalties and yards by week. So this is by week, man. So this is this has been happening since week one. This is nothing that's happened here towards the end of the week where they started, you know, talking sideways. But week one was eight for fifty five. Number uh week two eight for 76, three four for four for 37. Uh week four seven for 50, week five eight for 58, week six 12 for 115. In week six, Mm -hmm. they had 12 for 115. In week seven, they had 11 for 96. In week eight, they had five for 38. In week 10, they had eight for 80. In week 11, six for 45. In week 12, 14 for 166. Well, and, and, and I'm pretty sure that every other three to four games, you're going to yes. be able to find a player
2: that was complaining about the referee. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Girl. LVE started it about three to four games in, you know. I mean, honestly, there was a microcosm of people talking crap about each other all the way from the preseason when LVE's over here going, Micah shouldn't be making that play. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> Undisciplined <laughs> like, stuff, and unaccountable, man. Undisciplined and unaccountable. You know, yes. it's just when I, when I heard that, I was like, what was that? And then, you know, I, I hate to reiterate it, but like there were two things that KT Turner was right about in this sense of the lack of accountability on the end of what it looks like. Because it just there's a there's a there's a formula to this. Every mm-hmm. time you hear Mike talk, there's kind of passing the buck, whether it's to the refs or, you know, whether it's some other direction or anything like that. And the, the run game, I mean, KT told us that they should be giving Tony more carries, but they're not. Nobody knows why. And we can put, you know,
1: you got we two explanations. We know why, for let's that. be clear. We know why. <laughs> well, you got well, well
5: the
2: thing about tinfoil
1: hat on. Put your tinfoil well, hat on. You got two explanations. <laughs> we like conspiracies for that, right? around here. <laughs> well, that's the thing.
2: You got two explanations for that. And one explanation, if we're not gonna go with the tinfoil hat theory of the, the contract and everything, and I don't even call it tinfoil. it's just something that we all look at, then it has to fall on Mike McCarthy's head too, right? Absolutely because if he didn't get the ball enough and you have a torn a partially torn PC or whatever it is. If you if it comes down to the head coach, I'm gonna ask him, so why'd you give him the ball so much if you had half a knee? Mm, right.
1: mm, mm, mm. Yeah. 12 you know, carries so. averaging 2.5 yards a carry, yep, compared to a TP with only four carries, averaging four carries, yeah, averaging a whole yard extra on four. <laughs> it's it ridiculous, makes no sense, man. You know, more
4: kickoff returns than carries, guys. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. All right, man. Well, I got a couple of questions for you guys, but before we get there, man. Dylan, why don't you hit us with the off-top rant of the day? Uh,
3: Y'all set me up perfectly because my rant this week is about Kellen Moore. But before I circle around to that, I want to talk about one of the darkest sports experiences of my life, and that was the 2011 NBA Finals. LeBron... Uh, Dean, uh, I don't know. I don't know where where you stand in the NBA, where you stand with LeBron or anything, but but for me, LeBron was my favorite player, and at that time, he was the best player in the world. He finally had the talent around him to win a championship, and it was him that came up short. Yeah, you know, put that lotion away, Andreas. But that's not <laughs> here. <they're... laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. it, it was Dwayne Casey that exposed LeBron in that series for not being a complete player. They played zone, packed the paint, and forced LeBron to beat them from three. At that point, LeBron was just a super athletic freak that was dominating the league on raw talent. He didn't have the jumper yet to make him pay for it. So the Mavericks ended up winning the finals in disrespectful fashion, and LeBron had to live with being responsible for maybe the biggest letdown in sports history. The media was trashing him, calling him a choker. Skip Bayless coined the phrase, the chosen one became the frozen one. The whole <laughs> basketball world was looking at him sideways. LeBron basically went into a cave and disappeared for a little bit. This could have been the turning point for him in all the worst ways. But behind the scenes, he looked himself in the mirror, held himself accountable, and worked tirelessly on his deficiencies. The next time we saw LeBron, he had a jump shot. He was a three-level scorer. He had a post game. He became unguardable. LeBron has said himself that loss to the Mavericks is the reason why he is the player he is today. And some would say the greatest player of all time, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Fast forward, fast forward to the 2018 playoffs. Dwayne Casey was now the head coach of the Raptors. His team and that game plan that won him the championship got obliterated on the back of LeBron's jump shot. It was so bad. The commentators dubbed them LeBron. So Kellen Moore, this is your 2011 NBA finals. Go into your cave. Look yourself in the mirror, hold yourself accountable, and work tirelessly on your deficiencies. You have the talent. Your offense was number one in yards and points, but you got exposed down the stretch. This can be your turning point in all the worst ways, or you can reinvent yourself. Crack that cover two shell. Get back to using (laughs) pre-snap motion and play action. Push the ball down the field. Feed your superstars and grow from taking what the defense gives you to making the defense take what you give them. I want you to come back and beat the 49ers so bad they have the commentators calling them Kellen Cisco. I'm still a believer, baby Jesus. I'm still a believer, but you gotta prove it to me. Talking Boys with the Boys best podcast out. There you hey, go. There we go. go. There right. we go. So what you're
2: saying is we need LeBron on the outside.
5: That yeah, was... <laughs> pretty much. <Stop. laughs> Dylan, right.
4: Dylan, Dylan. You know I love your rants, right, boy? You know I love your rants. Right,
5: here we go.
4: But but trying but. Trying to trying to draw the parallel between LeBron and Kellen Moore, I think Kellen Moore is maybe like more like Mario Chalmers, maybe a <laughs> Norris Cole, kind of like a bit player. No. But you know what? Hey, Dylan, I I always love your rants, man. I do.
1: Yeah. I really do. Heck yeah! Hey. <laughs> All right, man. Well, my ca- uh, questions to y'all regarding the Cowboys, man. An unaccountable culture is seemingly what Big Mike's created here. Is McCarthy to blame, or are you pointing your finger elsewhere?
0: No, you know I. And I know Mike McCarthy really well. And I known him, you know, when he was majority of the time with the Packers. And I think Mike will look at as he gets into the offseason. I can tell you this, they'll they'll fix the 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 discipline issues. They'll they'll look at, I don't know what their their setup is, but I know when Mike was at Green Bay, like you talked about eventually, they were they were really at the low end of the of the penalty scale for a team. And and I think they'll put something in place to work on that and make sure. That those penalty numbers aren't as high, so so I think that is something. And like you said, if the buck stops with the head coach, and uh, everybody's emotional after a loss like that. And as they have time to reflect, I think they'll look at and kind of look in the mirror. And I and I and I'm I'm positive that you'll see an improvement next year when it comes to that discipline and those penalties because it, you just can't have it. And I, and I know Mike knows that. Is he the coach who brought in the quality assurance coaches? Like, didn't he do something like that? Or Yeah, there, there's a lot of teams have that, but Mike was one of the, you know, he was one of the first coaches when he was with Green Bay. They would scout the officials, right? And yeah. they, would have, yeah. they would have these scouting reports. So, you'd know if a crew is coming in, you'd know, okay, this crew calls more holding than the other crews, or this crew lets more go in the, in, in the secondary, things like that. And that can be helpful for a team. So so I think – I'm sure they're doing that to some extent, but they've got to continue to push that because, like you said, I mean, they were by far and away – the average for the season, you know, the average was 118 penalties called for for each NFL team. That was the average. The Cowboys were at 154, right? That's just – that's unacceptable. And and those are games. And we saw it. We saw it on Sunday. So so I I would – Expect that to get cleaned up. So we'll give him that he was collecting data. this year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Dylan? Dude, how far are we away from getting microchips in the football? I was thinking back to, yeah. you know, the cu- couple of uh, QB sneaks that got overturned where they seemed like Dak was clearly over the line where to get a touchdown, where it's taken back. How far are we from getting microchips and just taking all that out of the game?
0: You know, it's a great question. The, the microchips, they do put microchips in the football. and We get, the you know, the next-gen stats, and they, they, how, how fast that pass traveled, you know, it was 68 miles an hour or whatever it is. But I think the key for officiating, it's not as simple – is just locating the ball because again it's when the knee is down or when progress is stopped so that's the next key if you can marry the location with a chip in the football with that moment in time when the play is over then i think you'll see that incorporated in the game but i just there hasn't been a group that's come in that's been able to do that from a technology standpoint because it's not just where the ball is, it's where the ball is in relation to a yard line at a, a particular moment in time. Yeah. No, definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
5: So, that
3: means, like, the, whole, the hold up for it would be, like, being able to line it up with the replays
2: and all that to know. Like, yeah, think it all technology. up. Yeah. 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 Well, it's you. just that, you know, we're, it's the best sport in the world, and we got – we determine touchdowns on this imaginary wall right in front of the end
1: zone in a pylon, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's why. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Seems yeah. like we yeah, more camera angles, more more um, umps or refs, you know. I I don't know. We, it needs to be fixed though, that's for sure. Well, yeah. I, I actually had a had a question for Dean with some of these
2: things, man. With with um you you hear some of these coaches, Dean, talking about and I just need an explanation for what they their meaning with this when they're saying they say, Well, some of the answers is full time referees. What yeah. exactly do they mean by that?
0: Yeah, you know, that's full time referees. What they what they mean by that is like the NBA and major league baseball right? Mm -hmm. Those officials are full-time. They don't have other jobs, but you know, no, so no one's ever complained about NBA officiating or baseball umpires, even though they're full-time. So I think when you think about football, the way the sport is played is played once a week. So, so when it's first started, officials weren't going to work one game a week and not do anything else during the week. So they had jobs. And I think when coaches say full-time, they want the officials to just do officiating, right? During the week, they're, they're, you know, they're looking at video, they're at practice. In the off season, um, that's all they're focusing on. And I would say this, you know, a lot of NFL officials have other jobs, but they don't focus on, you know, near as much on those other jobs as they do on officiating. They are looking at video, they have conference calls, Zooms. Um, they're, they're spending so much time during the week. It's not just go to the game, work the game, you know, don't yeah. think about football for a week. They're scouting the teams they're gonna work, they're reviewing the plays from the previous game and the offseason, they're going to camps, they're getting ready, you know, physically. Um, so it's I think the the idea of just of saying they're full time, I think that's mm-hmm. more of like a PR thing. Um, but again, because it doesn't matter if they if they only do football, you're never gonna eliminate mistakes. It's, you're dealing with human beings. Uh, but there's certainly things you could do um, with officials to just give them more training and teaching and more opportunities to get
2: that. Well, and I, and I think, you know, given you guys, I mean, look, the refs, I, look, I do not envy your job, okay? I did intra- <laughs> I did <Nope>. intramural <laughs> refereeing for softball. Yeah. I almost got my head bitten <laughs> off twice, okay? I started yes. calling lines at volleyball games, and I stopped doing that because an elderly lady wanted to shoot me. All right. Oh, so uh, <laughs> hey, I got you. But some of the some of the things that I look at, Dean, is like, you know, look with the Cowboys, right? With this penalty situation, it's like I'd like Jerry to come out of his pocket and hire the, you know, the the official refereeing staff of the NFL to bring in a practice for every OTA and every pre I mean every scrimmage we have next year. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that ha- what
0: would that happen to A lot like, of clubs like, do that. And and you know, if the Cowboys aren't doing that, they, they should be doing that. And I would imagine they've already been doing it, but Obviously they just haven't had the results this year that they would have liked. So, so with that, so that is paid out of pocket by
2: the team then like if they bring um, reps to practice, that's pretty much paid out of pocket by the team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's,
0: there's, there's opportunities for NFL officials and that you do within the leagues for OTAs and training camp and things like that. But for normal practices, you know, Wednesday, whatever it is during the season, most clubs will go out and get college officials or high school officials in their area pay them to come and work practice. So, is it kind of like an hourly thing then? I guess is the stopgap there? Because I know
2: me, look, I'm in home health, I'm a speech pathologist, I work a lot of different stuff, right? I work contract work, and a lot of people want to get you to work for a certain amount of hours and yep. not give you the benefits. You know what I mean? So, so is it come, something like that? For, for the NFL officials? Yes, yes. NFL, So I guess, I guess, like, if, let's say they work for, let's say they go to Jerry's practice, right, they're going to be there for seven or eight hours. And let's say the, the Jerry doesn't want to fit the bill, but the NFL works in a system to where they start paying the refs. Is there is there like an accumulation of hours to where like, okay, well, we're not going to put them on
0: full benefits. You know what I mean? Is that the stop? Is that no, the issue? well, it's it's full time. Obviously, if they went full time, and they gave them a salary, then you then you start talking about benefits and all of those all of those things, health care, all of that right now, NFL officials, they're, they're basically independent contractors. There's a union. Got it. That that's negotiated. what I wanted to know. Okay. the collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's all game fees. There's fees for everything that that's negotiated between the league and the union. And when, it, when, it, when an official goes to work, Cowboys training camp up in, you know, in Oxnard, they go for three days. There's a fee per day that they're that's negotiated that they get
2: got you okay so they're contract workers
4: like me got it. <laughs> hey dean if i can ask you real quick um i'm the type of fan that i don't mind a good celebration i like you know a little dance a little this and that a but can you explain to the fans yeah a little, a little a little boogie but can you explain to the fans the difference between an interception at midfield and the whole defense yeah
0: yeah i i think what The difference between the celebration, like when the defense, they pick off a pass and everybody runs down to the end zone and they take the picture, you know, the selfie, whatever it is, and taunting, right? Taunting was a big point of emphasis this year. We saw it a lot earlier in the year. I think the biggest difference is the celebration stuff. The league is relaxed on that. Group Mm -hmm. celebrations, it's all good. Until you do something directed at your opponent, because then that becomes that, that's that respect level. You know, you point the ball in somebody's face or you spike the ball at somebody's feet, you get up in somebody's face, you know, and, and you start talking trash in, into their face. That's when it raises to the level of taunting versus the emotion, the celebration, the, the, the spontaneity of getting together with your teammates. That's all fine. It just can't be directed at an opponent.
1: Got gotcha. absolutely so. Did you have an
0: issue with um oh who was it? Uh, made the <laughs> tackle, took
1: his helmet off, ran off, uh, after he made the tackle, took his helmet off. Uh, what game was this?
3: My mind went blank. That was the okay. Tampa Bay game, yeah. Tampa okay. Bay, there we go. Corner yeah.
1: corner from Tampa Bay, uh, makes the tackle, jumps up, takes his helmet off while he's running off the field in
0: excitement. And they called, they called, yeah, and run that, run. that's that's a basically that's an automatic. If you if you take your helmet off after a play. Um, to you know, to celebrate or get up in somebody's face. It's not mm-hmm. like an injury or something like that, or you're leaving the field and you just take your helmet off as you leave the field. That's automatic. <clears a lot of throat> that goes back, you know, That's you Emmitt Smith. know. Emmett Smith. Emmett, that was the Emmett. <laughs> the Emmett yeah. right there. <laughs> Every time he put a touchdown, you know, Emmett had his helmet off. You know, Brett Favre in the Super Bowl, there's that that famous replay of him running. Um, with his helmet off. So that's that's mm-hmm. an automatic. Um, and the players know that you don't see that call too often.
4: Yeah. Hey, but. Dean, I'm sorry. I had a connection issue. But um, did you get to hear my question at all? Yeah, or did, did you? Uh... I killed it. OK. OK. Yeah. okay. No. Well, well. <laughs>
5: Yeah, when he's listening back, he, he like killed it. Out here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Dean, uh,
3: I was uh, – like, throughout, throughout the year, we've heard talk of, like, uh, for the full-time officials, if they were to become full-time, there would be, like, maybe a system in place where if they continually – make bad calls or miss calls like when they go back and review that there would be some sort of like I don't want to use the word punishment you know but some sort of repercussions or maybe like you get paid more based on making the uh, correct calls like is that something you can see in the foreseeable future
0: you know it's it's interesting because there are there's a, a comprehensive evaluation system in place for game officials they're evaluated on every game Every call that they make, every play—if they should have made a call, their positioning, um, their their fitness level—everything is evaluated, and they get. And that's how they're they're graded out over the year. If they grade out well, they get postseason assignments. If they don't, they're sitting home with the rest of us. And if they don't grade out over the course of two or three years, and they're at the you know kind of the bottom. Then they get let go. So, um, you know, we've never discussed a, a pay for performance type where if you grade out lower, you get less money. That's, again, because you have a union involved, you have negotiations. Um, I'm not sure the union would be in favor of that. But they are held accountable, and you just don't hear about it, right? It's not – when a coach gets gets fired, everybody hears about it. When an official gets fired, it's not front-page news. Right. and And I think that's part of the deal where fans just want to know – Hey, you know, are they held accountable? And they are. Yeah. It's just not something that's really just know, not publicly. Not.
4: Well, that one crew that 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 worked the Raiders game that still has the Raiders fans crying, they said <laughs> that 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 they said that that crew is not going to work another football game that these playoffs. Is that going to be the extent of their quote punishment that they just don't get to work another game or is it, just, is it going to go further than that?
0: No, I think it wouldn't go any further than that. And, and it's interesting okay. because most crews that work the wildcard round, they're done anyway. They weren't going to work another okay. game. So, so, you know, there are, you know, I've been in a situation where I've had to find officials. I've had to sit officials down, suspend them. I've fired officials. So it happens. Um, it's not fun, mm-hmm. but it's just part of the deal. Yeah, man. Yeah. If I kill a patient, I don't get any more referrals. Bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's
4: it's not it's not Cowboys related, but could you walk us through that play just real quick? Yeah. Because I've, sure. I've 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 heard about twenty different things on it.
0: So you know, obviously you've got Burrow. You know, he's near the sideline. He throws the pass, and an official blew the whistle. Right. You can hear the whistle on the broadcast. Right. While the yeah. ball is in the air. And so what? What that? that's basically, there's a rule, and it's an erroneous whistle. And if an official blows his or her whistle during the play, um, the play's over. It's dead. And then there's different, depending on what type of play, there's different things you can do. This was a passing play. The ball was in the air. So by rule, it just mm-hmm. goes back to the line of scrimmage, and you basically replay the down. Um, They got together. They ultimately decided the crew did on the field that the whistle didn't blow until Boyd had caught the pass, which, again, on the broadcast, that's not, you know, that's certainly not what I heard. But, um, you know, it really, to me, it should have been an erroneous whistle. They should have just replayed the down. And uh, because, you know, when you do that, the reason the rules in place is because if players hear the whistle, they stop. So if the Raiders defenders stop, that's gonna give, you know, the Bengals an advantage and you you certainly don't want that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Hey Dean, growing up in Belmore, dude, New
0: York, were you a Wu Tang clan fan? <laughs> I'm, yeah, Wu Tang. I mean, I miss those days. I was like Big Daddy Kane, Wu Tang. Hey. Oh, hey. Um I mean Eric B? B Eric B and Rocky <laughs> EPMD. Hey, there we go. Yeah, that was. That's my like. I try to. I've got you know an eleven year old, a six year old. The eleven year old's getting more into music, and I'm trying to get him on. Like he, I was never the proudest I've been as a father, and I don't know what this says about me as a dad. Was my (laughs) eleven year old was taking a shower, and all I could hear through the door. Was was Run DMC Rockbox playing on? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I've done nice. it. I, I can die happy. I've done it. There
1: you yes, go. yes. Nice, nice. I nice. love Rockbox. Yeah.
3: Uh, so, something I've always wondered is uh, the gamesmanship. Do you see like a lot of players or coaches like kissing up to the refs to try to get on their good side <laughs> and, and try to get more favorable calls? Like, how does the th- th- does that go on, or is that just a fan thing?
0: Weird, and this is what I always told coaches and and. And coaches are good in that, yeah, there's always that. I, I think that might have been more like 30, 40 years ago, but today it's not. The thing is, it's about how you it's just dealing with people. So if you have a coach that is, you know, a jerk to the officials, mm-hmm. those like just think about anybody you work with. If that person treats you, you know, talks down to you or or is disrespectful to you are you going to want to communicate with them? Are you going to want to work with them? And that's the same thing with, you know, the officials on the field. I always told coaches, just look, I get it. It's emotional. You know, you just have to be respectful in your communication and the officials should be respectful right back. If they don't, we need to know that. But I just think it's, it's, you don't see the, in terms of, Hey, you know, how's, how, you know, looking up what their kids do or how's Johnny doing in, in, in basketball or whatever but but i do think that there's just a the level of respect that as as a person you yeah. you know you really respect that and you'll deal with that coach more so than somebody that's just going to be disrespectful toward you well yeah.
2: interactions with referees is what taught me social tact growing up honestly <laughs> you know hey seriously man i, I was straight you know, nothing like you said. Oh, how's your family? Nothing like that. But yes, sir, no, sir. You need some water at halftime, sir? I got you. You know, <laughs> know hey, that, that, hey, hey, I know that you called a charge on me and that was a really good call. But next time, I think I think
1: I might be sweat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, what's well, so, up uh, with them coaches, man? I, 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 uh, yelling or getting conversations with these guys. Who has the hottest breath out of all of them, man? <laughs> because they look like they <laughs> have hot <laughs> <of> breath, brother. <laughs> you don't
0: yes. have to answer.
5: And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh,
0: uh, how is Antonio I'll, Brown on the field? <laughs> I'll give you my my favorite my favorite two favorite coaches to talk to for for different reasons. Okay. Um The one is is BA Bruce Arians because mm. BA is just he'll he mf you to death. He will just but then once it's over, it's over, and he's like, we're good. Let's move on. Let's you know it's fine, and and it doesn't. It's not like. It's not like, you know, the continued whining and like that kind of condescending way. And the other guy is, is Ron Rivera, who is just one of the best human beings, one of the best people. I remember him calling me after a game and he was just so upset and he was letting me have it. And we got off the phone he called back five minutes later and apologized for using the F word. He apologized for I was like, coach, I've heard that word before, trust me. it's It's, it's good. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, ba ba just looks cool with it though he got that he does wall, oh, yeah. you know, he, he does he very does
5: slick
2: with it. I mean look what you referred to him as Dean ba so that's it right <laughs> there you <know> he yes, <laughs>
0: he he's hilarious he's the best
1: yeah he, he looks like he'll motherfuck you to death man oh <laughs>
0: absolutely <laughs> oh yeah,
1: Dean do the,
4: Dean do the coaches have to as they say uh, pay their dues or earn their stripes before the refs really I guess you could say start to Take them seriously, or actually want to interact with them. Like you know, as far as like maybe like a first or second year coach is not going to get the same reaction as maybe like a Bill Belichick or, you know, like a Ron Rivera.
0: Well, you know, yeah, I mean that's a it's an interesting point, and it's one that I think a first year head coach, like the officials, just don't know that first year head coach yet, right? So it's the, the there's that. There's going to be kind of a learning curve to, to learn about that coach, how they communicate and that. So where you have Bill Belichick that, look, every official in the league, whether they've been in the league for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, has dealt with Coach Belichick. Um, whereas you get a first-year head coach, you don't know what he's mm-hmm. going to be like. So I don't think the, the coaches have to earn the, the, the respect per se. I just think you've got to learn kind of how to deal with – I always did, you know, being – overseeing officiating, I, I always knew how I had to deal with a person because you communicate with different people in different ways. Like if I'm talking yeah. to Bill Belichick, I'm not, I, I may not joke about something that I could joke with, you know, B.A., you know, that that type of thing. You just kind of learn how to deal with certain people in different ways. And I think that's how officials kind of first and second year head coaches. They just got to get used to them. Hey, yeah, Dean, I don't right. know about you, but I would pay money
2: to have Bill Belichick's voice on my GPS. I would. Like turn left.
0: You're not gonna hear, it.
4: you're not gonna hear it. You're not gonna hear anything.
0: He, he's tremendous. He's great. He's not, I mean, he I know what the media. I heard he's hilarious. He's, they he's, said he's, he's hilarious telling, privately. Sarcastic. Um, he just, you know, when he gets up in front of the cameras and me, he's not gonna give you a lot, but but he I love talk, I love talking to Coach Belichick. Um, you know he's. They also said Sabin. Nick Sabin
2: is sneaky funny too. They also said he's. Yeah, funny. I
0: haven't dealt with Nick. You know he was only in the NFL for like one year, so I haven't dealt with yeah. it much. But um, yeah, Bill is. Bill's definitely sneaky funny. He's and...
4: big on D's nuts. I hear.
0: That's his. That's his go-to Saban, joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's
4: his go-to joke. D's nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what Amari said. It wasn't it somebody who said that? Yeah let I just imagine Nick Saban running
1: around saying D's
0: nuts. That's great. <laughs> hey Dean, I got a question,
1: man. I recently watched the movie called This Is the Night that was released on Netflix about uh nineteen eighty two, Staten Island. Uh they opened up the Blockbuster movie Rocky Four, actually. Um that in, in that time, do you remember that? And how'd you feel about Rocky Four in nineteen eighty two? That's
0: funny. Somebody said that I should watch that. Uh, because I'm a huge Rocky fan, the movie Sylvester Stallone. Um, so I've got to check that out. I just, I remember growing up in New York and I was still, when Rocky first came out, I was still real little, but I remember Rocky four. And, uh, you know, for me, it was like Rocky one through four, they were all good. Um, Rocky five, no. And then, and then I, I like like Creed, Creed two. I just watched Creed two. They're all good movies. If you don't get fired up during a Rocky movie, I don't know. You don't have a call. Man, you're I, I promise the it. Cowboys should have watched, watched the, the the series before this game. <laughs> well, I, heard the Eagles, I heard the Eagles, there was some kind of Rocky highlight that they watched, and that didn't really turn out too well. So like, oh, no.
3: Hey, <laughs> Dean. I, me- I remember years ago there was a a, a Saint uh, official that was a Saints fan and he got removed from the game oh. because of his fandom. I don't remember who it was, but I I, I just remember yeah. uh, that has to come into play a lot though, doesn't it? Because you think most officials that come probably have favorite team
0: growing up, and, yeah. and how do, how do you sift s- s- through that? Yeah, so that was actually if you remember, do you remember the replacement officials? Mm-hmm. So oh yes that, that, that yeah, was the replacement official it year, was yeah. a replacement official so that was somebody and that had some picture it's fun it's actually a sad story um it was it was something on a facebook page of him and his wife outside the superdome with saint stuff on and uh, you know and this was a replacement official that's not in the nfl that just you know started working and uh you know it was actually his wife was a big Saints fan. He had that picture up on his Facebook page because she passed away from cancer. Like it was just a real sad story. And, oh, and kind God. of the way the media ran with it was, oh, this official had this, had this, you know, Saints connection. And look, NFL officials, they're vetted out. There's a there, yeah, everybody starts out a fan. I grew up in New York. I grew up a Giants fan. When I started at the league office and when I was in officiating, you, yeah. you kind of lose that. You lose that because believe me, when Tom Coughlin is is motherfucking me on the phone, <laughs> I'm not, <I'm> not sitting <laughs> there hoping the Giants win. You know, but but yeah. the, uh, the officials do when they get to a certain level, they you know, they, they don't have really any team affiliations, they just see You know, it's red jerseys and and white jerseys and I just want to get the call right and uh, but you definitely check you know they're not there you know officials can't be on social media tweeting about their games or anything like that and checks because if you have that you know that that's a that's a no no and can lead to discipline.
2: Yeah. Well, I you know you can turn
0: off the light. The party's over. I heard Dean
2: Bandino say,
1: "Motherfucker, I'm
2: good." <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah.
0: I didn't know if it was okay. And then I. Oh,
4: yes. man,
1: dude, we get super flagrant oh, on. on here, brother.
4: It's it's,
0: super it's,
4: <laughs> it's very okay. That
0: is my my favorite phrase. My favorite, especially when I'm driving, is "Look at this motherfucker
4: like that, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah. Look at this motherfucker. Hey,
1: we were yeah. kind of just—we were kind of holding back, man, a little you're bit. But yeah, man, if, here. You, yeah, if you actually... listen to the pod, I promise you, from the from the beginning to the end, it's a it's it's a fucking roller coaster, and we love it. <laughs> yeah, man.
2: <laughs> we got a we got a saying down here in South Texas. It's cabeza de meco. That you know, when you're driving, it's uh it's a uh, head um, head full of cum.
5: So. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely, hey, man. Hey,
3: Dean, uh, we, this is a Cowboys podcast, so I think we'd be remiss and the viewers would be mad. Oh, here, at it us comes,
0: if, here it comes. Yep. Yeah, we we
3: got yep. to bring it up, man. Well, can you run us through the desk catch? What, run us through the thought process, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'll give you the whole
0: story. Here's the whole okay. story. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I'm in the command center and, you know, the game's going on, and that was the, that was, The second, I think it was the second year, right? It was the, the no, it was the first year that we were doing replay. It was 2014 season, but it was 2015, January 2015. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm in the command center and right. Great game, fourth and two, you know, why not just hand the ball off and we're good, but no, we're going to throw the ball deep. And so I see the play happen. I see the ball pop up. I don't know if it hit the ground or not, but I see the ball pop up and then Des kind of re-grab it. And I'm sitting there and watching, I'm like, McCarthy's gonna challenge, he's gonna challenge this. And I'm watching, I'm watching and Mike throws the red challenge flag. flag. And I just, I knew it was gonna be controversial and I actually said to everybody in the room, I was like, just get ready because the shit's gonna hit the fan. <laughs> Either way. However this goes, this is gonna be controversial. Yes. And, and then, you know, the rule at the time, and this is what I try to tell people, The rule at the time was, look, if you're going to the ground to make a catch, right, you're not a runner. Like, Dez wasn't on his feet running with the football. He was falling to the ground. It didn't matter if he reached the ball, if he, you know, got his knee down. None of that mattered. If he – if the ball hit the ground and it came loose, it was incomplete, and it hit the ground and came loose. And so, you know, Gene Steratore was the referee – we talked about it. We were both on the same page. We're like, okay, it's incomplete. But but I knew, I knew with everything that was at stake, it was just going to be a controversial call. The catch rule had been controversial in the NFL for a long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, we made the call. And uh, and it really wasn't, based on the rule at the time, it wasn't that hard of a call. But obviously, you know, fourth down, now the, now the Packers get the ball. They run out the clock. They win. And, and that was the deal. But what I love and I love Cowboy fans and I love their passion because you would think, I know that's a big play, but it was still in the divisional round and you still, even if you score, you still had to stop Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. And then you have to go to Seattle and beat Seattle. Then you'd have to go and beat new England in the super bowl. But Cowboy fans are like, it was like the last play of the Super Bowl. Like, like I was going to say, <laughs> no, Dean. We well, obviously, know. we would have done all I those things, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl. Um,
5: yeah.
0: So, yeah.
3: <laughs> so uh, here's my thing: was there clear and obvious evidence that the ball ever touched the ground enough to overturn the call that was ruled on the field to catch?
0: Yeah, no, and that's a good question. And there was, and there's an angle. And I would love to like. I always say, give me a room full of cowboy fans and the play. And we'll run through the video, and I. There's always going to be the one guy that you can't convince him. Like the, the, the rest <laughs> of, His name, you is can't convince him the world is, is, is a <laughs> circle and not and not black. But I can convince, I can convince anybody that by the rule at the time it was incomplete. Yeah, the ball did hit the ground. It it popped loose. um But hey, the the silver lining is, and and I love Des. It's just that call. I mean, he's doing commercials now. He's doing Uber Eats commercials. I think it ended up being a good thing. He was spicy ketchup. Did y'all ever have a conversation about that play? No, you know, it's funny. I never, I just, I, I used to go, you know, and visit the coaching staffs at, in the off season when I was in charge of officiating. And I went to the Cowboys that year and Dez had just left. And I'd never, we never crossed paths. And we've had we've had a couple of little like exchanges on Twitter, like jokey joke things, but I've never actually talked to him in person. Obviously, Jason Garrett still still to this day does not let me forget it. Like he'll text me every <laughs> once in a while, um, but I've never hey, actually you know, got a lot, lot of time to text, text these days to talk to Dad.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey man, uh, crazy, strange playoff situations for the Cowboys since 2003. The 2006 fumble or bobble at the at Seattle um, yeah. field goal bobble. Yeah. The 2014 Des Bryant catch, no catch. Thank you, Dean. Uh, the 2016 Aaron <laughs> Rodgers third and twenty completion. And now the twenty twenty one clock runs out versus San Francisco, man. Strange times, man. I'm telling you we're cursed, man. What What was up with the – the? remember after the fake punt
3: uh, this past game against the 49ers? Yeah. Uh, why, why was the official, like, in the way where yeah. they couldn't snap the ball and there was the
0: delay of game? So, so the mechanic there, if when a team substitutes like that, you mm-hmm. uh, know, punt situation – the defense has to have an opportunity to match up. So, mm-hmm. so what, they, what the Cowboys did, right, they made the first down, then they kept the punt team out. And I think they were either trying to confuse the Niners or get them to call a timeout. Yeah,
4: which was stupid on their part.
0: Yeah, and, and so yeah. Then they ran the offense back out real quick. And so when that happens, the umpire is going to stand over the ball, and it's actually the referee that is going to decide when, how long the defense has to match up. And, you know, you look at it and um, the umpire is still there. The referee is holding them, And then by the time the referee ba- umpire backed out, the play clock ran out. So it was actually, if you think about it, if you go back and watch it, when the play ended, it was actually way more than 40 seconds. The, the, the play clock got reset incorrectly. So the Cowboys had way more than 40 seconds to run that play. And uh, and they ended up getting getting the delay. Well, I was trying to Dean, figure out they... what we were trying to do on that play. To yeah. Be- <laughs> dean should they sh-
1: sh- with that rule should uh should they look more into it as far as like when the ref is there in like in the in the midst of everything holding the <clears> ball <throat> and everybody's trying to get reset shouldn't should the clock stop at that point because it seems like a lot of times the ref is there and the clock is just going 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 and we're trying to get set and and uh, uh things of that nature and 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 by the time he he moves out the way five seconds three to five seconds has run off the clock Will they ever be, will they ever change that where they'll
0: stop the clock? Yeah, I don't think so. The clock will either stop or run based on whatever the previous play was, right? So if it was an incomplete pass, the clock will stay stopped. If it was like a play like that where it was a catch, the clock will run. So I don't think they'll, they'll look at the clock. I I think most teams, you know, the team, they get it. They understand the Cowboys obviously felt they, they saw something where they could try to gain an advantage, but. Um, you know, it just didn't it didn't work out, and you know the way they had
2: planned. What you're saying is, it, so by doing that, like stopping the clock right there, you're kind of interrupting the next play based on the last play, is what you're saying? Kind yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. It has to flow. It like kind of like in basketball, somebody hands you the ball instead of taking it out, and you move. Oh, turnover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. I just thought All it was right.
4: stupid from the start, man. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. All right, fellas. Well, um, let's let's switch back over to the boys, man. And I have a question for everybody. Where do we go from here as an organization and has the window closed on this dak led team?
0: No, I don't think the window is closed. I, I think you, you guys would know better than me in terms of you're, you're more in tune with what the Cowboys are doing, but obviously there's mm-hmm. some decisions when you talk about, right. I, I think Dan Quinn is going to get a head coaching job. Um, this, this cycle, you know, Kellen Moore, I know, and I don't, I don't want to step on any toes. I know not everybody's a <laughs> Tom Moore fan, but, but, you know, he, you know, are you going to keep him around? Are you going to, you know, hope that he ascends to be your next head coach? So, but I think the team on the field, uh, you know, a couple of little tweaks here and there, but you look at where the defense was, you think about, like you said, leading the league in points and passing. Um, I don't think the
2: window is closed. No, I don't. Actually, I think it's just cracking open, man. Because with the contract, that's kind of what you try to play on with Dak's contract, right? Yeah. You know, you got a four-year window right there, and it's just cracking open right here. Um, the thing that I kind of worry about, you know, look, we can we can talk about conspiracy theories regarding Mike McCarthy accountability, all these different things. But the thing that I do worry about is the fact that this year I never saw Dak throw us back into a game. It's concerning. That concerns me because every other team in this playoffs, the better quarterback won in each game. They did. Not okay. yesterday. And we, and, well, you know, the thing is we all kind of, you know, we've been kind of, even on, on this podcast so far, we've been harping on Kellen, talking about that last play, you know, talking about Mike, even talking about the defense a little bit. Zach didn't play his best game, guys. I mean, I can't just give him a pass. You know no. what I mean? The first game, he missed that over route. I mean, no. the first play, he missed the over route to Schultz. It was wide open. And it seemed like he went into CP mode a few times. Mm-hmm. And for you, Dean, that means that he shit on a stick. He fucked it off. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and I mean, even my wife, my wife was looking at him. She's like, okay, Dak, fourth quarter. Let's go, baby. What do we got? What do we got? And right before he throws that pick, she's like, is he scared? You know? And he threw that pick and it cost us. We were kind of just overlooking that pick. We were getting the momentum back. Jimmy G showed us who he was. Yep. And, you know, Dak kind of fucked it off, guys.
1: You know, that's the, that's the
2: thing. Right now, if that was Tony Romo, we'd all be killing Tony Romo.
1: <laughs> he's had his fair fair share of uh you know but we wouldn't blame we
2: weren't blaming kellen moore we weren't blaming the head coach i mean it wasn't kellen moore back then you know the, you know linehan or jason garrett but we everybody always piled on on tony romo and today i mean i'm not saying to pile on Dak. i'm just saying this is the first time we've mentioned it right now
4: well mark i, I think if it was Romo, i think we'd be i think fans would be crying that the defense didn't do their job because that's pretty much all i heard whenever tony <laughs> romo was back there Oh, they're That's saying just,
1: it now, man. They're saying yeah. it now as well. I mean, yeah. that through through almost three quarters, we held them to 16 points, and the offense couldn't do nothing uh, to get back in this game. So, yeah, there was definitely issues yeah. there. Yeah,
3: I don't think the window is closed at all. Uh, we just think about the construct of the team. We have uh, Michael Parsons and Trayvon, two cornerstone pieces. They're on rookie deals, Other mm-hmm. good other good young players, Kelvin, Joseph, Jabril. Talk Cox, to me, so. dirty dog.
5: Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we have high
3: hopes for a lot, of, a lot of these players on the team. And it was just a year ago that we had arguably one of the worst defenses in NFL history. And then this year we were leading the league in takeaways. So they are heading in the right direction. The, there's a lot to build on. It just, I think everybody right now is feeling bad because <laughs> we did just get a sour loss, but you know, cooler heads will prevail and there is a lot to grow from as in terms of what to do. I would probably look to improving the offensive line in the draft. We need an offensive tackle. We need a center. Uh, I would probably move uh, uh, Lyle Collins to guard. Uh, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, but it's time to have that tough conversation on Zeke. <laughs> if, <laughs> oh, it's bedtime. <laughs> it's bedtime, yeah. If, if we move on from him post justice, $18 million against the cap, but – I'm willing to take that because if we're playing him with a torn PCL over the better man, like over the healthier option, it's just like he's crippling the yeah. offense in that sense. And I think if, if you have to take that cap pit in order to progress the offense, I'm willing to do it. And one more thing, Jerry needs to put curtains up in at and Stadium. I
5: don't know. What. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the way that curtains design up, is,
2: right? Horizontal. To right. The, to, I mean, just the design is kind of off. No, and, and, you know, Micah, I mean, Micah, <laughs> Dylan just talked about something that actually, um, you know, We're synonymous. That's yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh that's the, my biggest my biggest factor there because you know Dean talked about Dan Quinn possibly getting the head coaching job. And I know we all look at this and we've all been focusing on Kellen, we've been all focusing on M and M and we're like, well, you know what, what's the the only thing that kinda went right? Well, you know, defense this. No, we don't want Dan to go, but at the same time, hey, I think I could coach Micah, guys. I mean <laughs> you know,
5: I mean He's seriously.
2: seriously. <laughs> I mean he, seriously, and then you got Trayvon out there. Um, you know, we got all, two all-pros on the defensive end. If I mean, promote Al Harris. Shit, move, baby. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
4: Andres? No, the window's not closed, guys, but it's going to come with some provisions, some qualifiers. The window's not closed, but we need to get an OC that can get his nuts together and call a better play. <laughs> a head yep. coach, a head coach that is better at clock management and situational football. We need – to play the more explosive running back, we need to, you know, as as, as Dylan said, draft some offensive uh, linemen. So no, the 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 window is very much open, but it's going to come with a lot of a lot of tweaks, guys. A I lot I want of Sean
2: Payton. I want Sean Payton. I we are.
4: We <laughs> are. We we are. We are, we've all wanted him for years. That's just not going to happen, man. This is not.
0: Like, can that's we call like a trade deal? Would you Between would you trade Eminem? Would you trade Micah Parsons for Sean Payton? No, Absolutely I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 not yeah, doing that. No. Sorry. Dude. I'm, no, I'm not doing that either, man. That's a good question, <laughs> not though, Mike.
1: Man.
2: Mike, that's a good question, but not Mike on a rookie deal. Micah, three years from now, I'll trade him for Sean Payton. <laughs> yeah.
1: I said, you know what? I'll package LVE and Trayvon Diggs. For, for
0: for Sean Payton. Oh, no. Man,
2: I'll package Keanu
1: Neal, LVE, Mike McCarthy, Kellen
2: Moore.
0: Uh... Wait, wait. There you well, go. We haven't talked about the biggest travesty from yesterday. How are you going to spell somebody's name wrong on the jersey? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, Land, uh, Leighton Vander X. <laughs> How,
1: How does that
2: happen?
0: I don't
1: know.
2: I'll tell you what we call him in my house. In my house, we call him Vanoush. We don't even call him Vander We call him Vanoush. <laughs>
0: Not even the That's equipment
2: why, not even the equipment team was prepared
1: for that game. So. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's trickle down effect, man. It we was
4: as <laughs> <That's laughs> yo know, we he, he 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 should just go that the XFL route and just put L V E or some cute little nickname.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hate yeah. me. He hate me because everybody does. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that was that. They,
2: yeah. I, they hate hey, me. Hey, but you know what? He made a hell of a tackle on Debo. Yeah, got, yeah, he did. Gotta say that he,
4: did. he does, man. He does.
2: He, yeah. He
1: definitely. He'll be he back
2: definitely on a one year on. deal and one-year prove-it deal. He'll be back. You think so? Yeah, I, do, I do, man. <laughs> Without like, <laughs> yeah, neal has gone, man. I mean, Keanu yeah, neal has gone. Man. I mean, what else do we have at linebacker? What Luke Gifford and Jabril Cox?
4: Cox coming <laughs> I mean, back, hey, which I, I can't I, I, wait I like for Cox. I
2: can't wait for I can't wait. Too, but... I
4: can't wait for Micah and Cox back there, dude. Just I mean, we're talking wrecking. about O
2: line, we're talking about all this stuff, but we need to throw linebacker up there as a sneaky
1: uh need right there, okay?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, well, hey, that's
1: a good transition, fellas. Well, what players are you bringing back? Uh, we got Schultz, Gallup said, Connor Williams, Gregory and Armstrong. Uh, but what if I told you over the last seven games, Randy Gregory had 12 tackles. Two sacks and nine pressures and one interception. And Dorrance Armstrong had 22 tackles, three sacks and 14 pressures and one fumble recovery for a touchdown.
4: I would say, I would shut ask- your mouth.
1: I would ask yeah. you, how many games did Brandy Gregory miss in those
3: last few weeks? And was I- <laughs> he injured? So- <laughs> I'd say, lies, damn
2: lies, and stats. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, man. Well,
3: well, well for for me, I, I'm obviously bringing back Randy Gregory, and uh, I'm a skill position guy. So if I can, I'm bringing back Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. And uh, with on defense, and we obviously Christmas kept... is done right there. <laughs>
5: nah,
3: <laughs> nah, nah. It, it, it's really not. So this yeah. salary this salary cap, we can we can uh, finagle it however we need to. But... So we need J-Ron Caris, Malik Hooker, and Anger.
1: So yeah, is anger gone? is a must. No, no,
2: yeah. no Hey, hey the, moment he, third, hit,
4: the moment he hit the board with the punt, I knew everything was going to go wrong, by the way. <laughs> I need hey, Schultz back. I, I need Wilson back. I'm good with letting Gallup go. You I you think I, they're I,
2: bringing Schultz back, though, when they got Jarwin on a long-term deal? Right.
4: Schultz is better. To me, Schultz is better. Hey, you I'm the not thing
2: arguing is- that. Hey, I'm a schultz <laughs> guy. Remember, <laughs> remember, he was a fourth-round
3: fourth draft pick. We can let I don't know the financials.
4: Yeah. I, I I don't know the financials. I don't know who who we can't afford. But if if you ask me, just 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 who would I want back? I want Schultz. I want Cedric, and I want Curse back. Those three guys. I definitely Jumbo. need those three guys back.
2: And love Randy, love and,
4: love Randy love. and Randy and Randy can come back, but on a team friendly deal. We ain't gonna break I the think, bank for Randy Gregory.
2: I think you're bringing Dorrance back definitely on a kind of like a a. Good job, deal, kind of. You know, I mean, he's not going to hit the market and garner big money. So I think you got to bring Dorrance
1: back. That's the depth piece you need. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Dean, who are you bringing back?
0: (laughs) Uh, You guys know. You got to play GM, brother. You got to play GM here. He's like, I'm I'm bringing back Micah. I'm bringing back Andrew. I'm bringing bringing back. uh, You know, I think I think Jerry will be back. I think I see what you did there. I see what you did there.
4: (laughs) Dean's like, you know what? I'm not bringing myself back to this podcast. I know that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll be back. I'll be back. Should we, is, sign, should we sign?
3: Should we sign that. Dez to a one year proven deal and just catch the red zone face? What should we do about that? I just got
0: would be <laughs> I'd be all for it because as soon when whenever he catches a pass, I'll just say Dez caught it and be done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you heard it <laughs> here. I'll <I'm> talk about <laughs> boys
1: with the boys, baby.
2: <laughs> Dez caught it. <laughs> Man, seriously? I'm talk, I want to give Lamb's eighty eight back to the real one who wears it,
1: Brian. Oh, ooh ooh, ooh, ooh. CD will be
2: called in the in the number two. I
1: can't even lie. <laughs> You're right. Okay. There you go. Absolutely. All right, Dreezy. Well, bring us in with some betting lines, dog. Uh, um,
4: I bet I don't have the energy to do this. How about that? <laughs> nah, <true>. uh, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. You had said uh, the the odds of McCarthy coming back, right?
1: Yep, that's right. Um,
4: you know what, guys? As As much as we want to maybe dog game and say this and that, and he does deserve some of it. We all know Jerry Jones. We all been watching this team for thirty plus years. You know, dealing, You know, a little less, but uh, twenty eight. You know, thanks cause...
3: very much. <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, but you know, uh, guys, we we honestly know Jerry. Jerry doesn't act quick. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. Jerry is loyal to a fault. He is. He's. He's so goddamn loyal. You know, McCarthy's coming back, and as 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 much as it's as much as it's gonna piss me off, Kellen Moore's coming back, and he's gonna be doing the same stupid job is that loyalty
2: or dementia? Which one is it, bro? It's sorry, Dean. Sorry, Dean. It's
4: it's loyalty bordering on dementia. No, I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to make fun of dementia, but you
2: give me thirty minutes.
4: But I I I do think Jerry is just so goddamn loyal to a fault to his Uh coaches, man. So it's gonna be the same staff. I mean, you know. Absolutely, I think
1: absolutely. Yeah, all right. Well, before we get out of here, man, y'all know we got to get who are we picking in the divisional rounds yeah. and let's go ahead and just say the Super Bowl and who wins it all because after this episode, I don't know if I mean we're going straight to draft. So everybody out there listening uh, to talk that, that rocks with us on talking boys with the boys. Uh, yeah, we're doing talking boys with the boys draft show. So uh, this is the probably going to be the first and last time you hear about the divisional rounds, the uh, and the Super Bowl and the the NFC and AFC championship, but uh, yeah, y'all give me y'all's uh, y'all's thoughts on who y'all think takes it right here. And Dean, since you're our guest, man, uh, let us know who you're taking, uh,
0: for the divisional round. uh
5: um, yeah,
1: just overall, let's let's just cut, cut straight to it. Who do you who do you see in the
0: Super Bowl? Well, I think that from from the NFC, the one team that's really distinguished themselves and stood out is the Packers. I think the road goes through Lambeau, mm-hmm. um, so I, I like Green Bay. I think look, Forty Nine ers proved they could go out and win on the win win on the road. I don't think that's going to be a cakewalk, but I like the fact the Packers had to buy, you could get the rest rest up, and uh, and so you know I like the Packers in in the NFC. I think it's a little bit. It's a little bit closer. I think whoever wins that Bills Chiefs game is gonna is gonna be representing the AFC. And that's a yeah. tough
1: for me. Yeah. I'm with you one hundred percent. I will take, definitely take. I think the pack is there. I think I think their defense is playing well enough. Uh, I think uh I hate to say it, but A Rod is playing out of his damn mind. I think he he'll represent the NFC and then I, I if Josh Allen and them boys can come out and, and do what they did against the Patriots, there's a, it's a no brainer. They're, they're playing. I think they're, they're playing the, the Packers for the championship. And I don't know who will win there, but yeah, that's what I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. I'll, 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 the way Aaron Rodgers has been playing this season, everything that's been going into it um, where, what he wants to do. I mean, I think he wants to get that MVP win the championship and move on to somewhere else next year, to be yep. honest with you. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm gonna, t- I'll take the Packers, and I don't give a shit to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, guys, like, no, we gotta do serious. it for the fans, man. We gotta do fans. it for the listeners. But Come I'm- on. All right, the Packers and the Bills. Fuck it. Just because Josh Allen was my fantasy quarterback, all right? But there's one thing that I did want to say. Hey, did y'all see that box that game there where Joe, at the end of the game, Joe Buck and Troy were talking about the advertising for the for the Cowboys game. Yep. And Joe Buck, he says, you heard it right. They talked about it on Dan Patrick. He said, that Cowboys yep. 49ers game is going to be a good game. Troy, salty ass, went out there. It's good. It's going to be a great game. Some people would love to be calling that game. Yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> hey, is that, like, oh is that like quarterback on quarterback violence? Is he, you know, mad at Robo? Yeah. Or- <laughs> yeah,
4: man. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Hey, really? so, uh, right, okay, go ahead. Go right, ahead. Jess, go ahead.
4: Not, uh, well, you know, full, full disclosure, Dean. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady is, is in my mind, the GOAT. Um, yeah. so I, I honestly would love to see him in another Super Bowl, but to me, they just have too many injuries, man. I, I think, I think the Packers, as much as I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, I think the mm-hmm. Packers get to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I think we get the matchup that we could have had last year, and I think Mahomes pulls it out. I think Mahomes and the Chiefs. Pull it out, and then he 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 gets his second ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chiefs and Packers, man. Uh, for
3: me, I think it'll be a re- a repeat of last year. I think the Chiefs and the Bucks are getting back. I'm not going to bet against. Yep, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I think he gets back to the Super Bowl. Who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl? The Cowboys next year. Fuck them. There you go. There you go,
2: Dylan. That's (laughs) right. I'm over here going, what? Running backs are available? There's other games on? Like, I give (laughs) (laughs) a Hell yeah. I'm trying to
1: play Zeke right now. (laughs) Yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right. Well, Dean, man. Man, dude, it was a pleasure having you on, dude. Uh, man, uh, we can't, uh, we, we appreciate it. We can't thank you enough for rocking with us, man, over here on talking boys with the Boys. So for all the listeners out there that don't know who Dean Blandino is, let them know
0: who you are, where they can find you and what you got going on, brother. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. It was a blast. Uh, you can, you can watch me on Fox sports broadcast college and NFL, um, and, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dean Blandino. There's plenty of cowboy fans that, that have already found me <laughs> <on Twitter. laughs> and they continue to remind me, um, of, you know, what they think of me, which is all good. And, uh, and it's been, like I said, thanks for having me guys. It's been a lot of fun. I don't know. A few years ago, Dylan might've found you. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Hey, then, di- uh, I, hey, I, I hey, I don't be adding people. I got, yeah. I got
3: standards. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, Dean.
4: <laughs> Dean, if 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 those Cowboy fans cuss you out, just send them our way. We'll vouch for you that you're a good dude, man.
2: That's wow. right. That's yes, right. sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. We will. Well, most of the people I get in arguments with are Cowboys fans,
1: and <laughs> the only ones I do, honestly. So, yeah, they, uh, it, it, it's where world we live in, brother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, and I'm Mark D at Mark D's Corner on Twitter and Mark D on Facebook. You know, like uh. Like Alon said, we're gonna be doing some draft stuff. Uh probably take a little break for a while and then get back on it with some draft issues. So That's
1: right. And I'm, I'm Adam Y, you know, on Twitter, Adam Y talking voice with the boys at Hopdeville, talking that shit, cause I don't give a damn. Hey, y'all know where to find me. <laughs> well, and if you listen to this and you
2: know know who and you don't know who Dean Blandino is, I'm disappointed in you. Very disappointed, on, man. Like You got to be crazy, dog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's why I said for the for the listeners who don't know, <laughs> and trust me, Dean, yeah, there, so there's, there's, there's a far few in between there that they, 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 they kind of live in a cave. Look, man. They,
0: there's, <laughs> a, there's a song about me, about getting blandinoed, about the Cowboys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you made
5: it. You made it, man. Hey, thanks for
2: coming on here and being so loose, man.
1: We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Dean, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks, guys. Dean, we really want to get you on next time, man. I know this was just an icebreaker, but, man, we really want to get y'all next time and, and get real flagrant, man, because this that's what the pod's all about. We love it. Hey, man. Love as soon as Dean shit, said man. motherfucker, I went nuts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll yeah. definitely we'll
2: do it again. You just let me know. Absolutely. Yes, appreciate that, brother. Yep. Speaking of motherfuckers,
3: I, motherfuckers, I'm Dylan Wilson. <laughs> you, can me, you can find me on Twitter at Dylan88Wilson. And, yeah, since we don't have nothing to talk about, did y'all know I can color?
2: Hey. <laughs> hey, you stay in the lines. I try. I do my
5: best. <laughs> you can
4: find you can find me on Twitter at, at @boydreezy. I'm still going to be tweeting about these these playoff games. I can't help it. And the Lakers struggles I'm and sorry. just all <laughs> things in between, man. Hey,
2: all right. That. All right on this, you know, the Cowboys is right,
1: yeah. overdone. You're going to have a target. Let's get it. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. Let's all go. Right. Well, everybody out there, thank you for